Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Show. Coming up, we'll look back at the weekend action with Bells and Saints, both extending their perfect starts to the Prio season. And we'll hear from Guernsey FC manager Tony Vance, who waits on patiently or impatiently and still in hope for the Green Lions season to start. A full-length and very interesting interview uh, with him to come. I'm Tony Kerr and alongside me is Rob Batis. Hi, Tony. Good to see you, Rob. Uh, you had a good weekend? Yeah, two decent games Saturday afternoon in pleasant conditions. Yeah, um, yeah so I thoroughly enjoyed um, a five-hour stint between St Andrews and... Um, Launch Pier Lane. Yeah, very uh, pleasant conditions. Pretty muggy, actually, <laughs> some parts in Saturday. Um, I got there for the second half at Blanche Pierre Lane, uh, which was probably the, the right half to be at because it was a real blitz from Saints. Um, yeah, 5 1 in the end it finished, having having been one all at half time. Uh, yeah, Saints really kind of the juggernaut rolled on in that second half. Yeah, it was an intriguing um, game in that you wouldn't have guessed after 55 minutes that the, the scoreline was going to end up 5 1 to Saints. Because for that first, you know, best part of an hour, there wasn't too much between the sides at all. Saints, of course, had the edge in the first period, but Sylvans were playing, were, were well in control. They were sitting deep, breaking fast through Ewan Melrose as their spearhead, filling in their sort of the Carl Smith role with Thomas Apsion and Robbie Leg either side. And they were really attacking in, you know, at speed and um, causing Saints a few problems on the break. Um, but then when they conceded that, Second goal, um, about on the hour mark, they just folded in 10 minutes. They were just they were suddenly being really impressively organised. They were suddenly all over the shop. and um, But perhaps that was down to Saints' excellence. I mean, they really are a powerful unit at the moment. And um, you've got to say fair play to them. You know, they really are up for it. There's, they're relentless, um, both in their selection, their squad depth... The whole approach to the game, it's really impressive. The fitness levels are, are, are really, really higher than any other, other side in the league. Um, um, Sylvan's push them quite hard in that respect, I think. But, um, you know, um, they, they are a very good side. And it's a shame we've got no inter-island football at the moment because I'd like to see them playing um, St Paul's and St Peter, um, who presumably wouldn't have their GF, J, Jersey Bulls stars. But, um, no, I think there are... An improving side, and when you think they didn't have Dom Hume involved, then he then he brought Danny Hale on past the hour mark. No, they didn't. You know, they didn't seem to be missed. They've got a lot of resilience, and they've got other players to come back as well. Yeah, a couple of the goals were quite scrappy, sort of bundled in as the uh, the floodgates open. A couple of them well taken. Louis Hunter on the mark for the third game in a row. Yeah, Louis really impressed, and when he seemed to be playing even further forward on this occasion, joining Ollie Smith in attack and. Um, yeah, caused a lot of problems to Sylvans. Um, good all-round performance from Louis. As I've said before, I think there's potential, a very, very good player there. And he seems to be learning and um, fair play to him. Yeah, good to see. And another um, another guy on the score sheet again, Callum Lalasho, looks very yeah. confident at the moment. I yeah. think that's six in three for him and he took his goal so well. Really razor-sharp pace. It was a terrific goal. And I was, um, you know, he really is flying at the moment you know he had had a couple of as I think I said last time you know he had a couple of very average years where he was in and out the side and going nowhere really but he has really knuckled down his fitness is miles better than it was last season and he's shown really good pace good skills I mean he came off the wing there cut inside dropped his shoulder went past the man bang in the far corner best goal of the game 
Yeah, very well taken that goal. And if you missed it, um, it's on our Twitter feed at GSY Press Sport and Lou Hunter's goal as well. So go and have a look at that. Uh, and in the other game up at Rangers, it was a, a Bell's win, comfortable in the end, 4 1. Well, but... it looks comfortable on the scoreline, but it was far from that. You know, um, Rangers um, gave Bell's a few problems. Um, and it was a good performance by the Red and Blacks. I mean, I think. Colin Falaise, who had his camera mounted on the halfway line, um, will be watching that film back. And I think he'd be quite generally pleased. He wants togetherness from his team. And that's typical Colin Falaise thing. He wants it, it's all about team and the right attitude. And they had a good attitude on Saturday. And um, the goal they scored, Brad Foss's was absolutely superb. I mean, he scored two absolute blinders in the previous game against Alderney at St Andrews, and they were blinders. They were outstanding goals. This one bettered those two. It was... <laughs> Leroy Riley just couldn't believe it as this thing flashed into the top of the net. Um, so he scored the three best goals of his career in the space of a couple of weeks, Brad. Um, and he looks a good prospect. And then young Sam Heathcote impressed me again. Very, very clever um, forward um, coming through and I like um, young Jacques Coven who's only 16 playing centre half alongside Finn Belnavis who is the under 18 Rangers captain um, very very you know um, young centre back partnership but a lot of lot of potential there I think Coven will, could be with the right handling and I'm sure Mr Fallet's will provide that uh, going forward. Mr Coven could be an absolutely outstanding prospect in the future years. I think he's a really good player. I'm not so sure whether centre-half is his best position, though. Um, well, maybe midfield, might be full-back, you know, playing at a higher level. But he's a talent, and they've got some good good kids, Rangers. So um, watch that space, I say. Before we go, leave, leave that match, though, I should really give some praise to Bell Rays because, I mean, they've won four out of four, and I feel a little bit um, mean at the moment, mean-spirited, that I've probably been a little bit negative towards their start of their season. You know, you can't... You can only beat what's in front of you, and they've, they've won time again. They're not... Um, I don't think they're anywhere near Saints level, to be honest, um, but purely because they haven't got the legs in the side. Um, but it's great to see the old boys playing well again and enjoying their football. Joby Bugays, Dave Rioi, Dave Maris, Damien Latoc, Brent Markle, Chris King, you name it. They, you know, those, a lot of those boys have been around a long, long time. And I mean, I've, you know, a couple of years ago, I was throwing down the challenge for them to come back to Belgrade to help out. They have done that and they really enjoy the game. And they're top of the league. I mean, what more can you ask for that? And um, no, they are. A decent side. I just think they're going to have to um, find a few fresh legs when the big encounters come against the likes of Saints and North. Yeah, as you say, Bell's top of the league. Four wins from four for them. Saints just behind them uh, with three wins from three. Before we wrap up part one, just a quick mention for some results from the Vets League. Uh, Jim Fowler was very keen that these were highlighted because um, some particularly interesting results. If you're interested in Vets football, Bell's, who finished second bottom last year, beat Manza 4-2. Uh, there was a win for Rangers as well over Saints. Uh, Saints, one of the title favourites. Uh, Shane Billion scoring a couple for them, having played in the Prio on the Saturday afternoon. And Indies won their first league game since spring 2019. Uh, John Latoc uh, getting a hat-trick for them and Sam Claxton as well, a hat-trick for him on debut. So, uh, yeah, a marquee result for Indies and the Vets. Yeah, and um, I popped along to see um, 
half of the um, under-18s game at the KG5 on Sunday afternoon, which I believe is the first game played on the main pitch, um, main grass pitch, previously used by the Vikings. It was Rangers against Rovers. Um, ended up 2-1 for Rangers. Rovers leading half-time by a goal to nil. Some good talent involved in that. Um, nice surface. Um, the only thing I'd say, I was a bit surprised. It was, it was a bit narrow. Um I'm wondering why it plenty can't, of room down there. Yeah, I was wondering why it can't be a little a bit a bit wider because um, it is particularly narrow. But I know I did notice that they have a second pitch, um, junior pitch, which runs parallel with the 3G, and that sort of eats into some of that potential space. I'm not sure if they can, if Stewart um, can, the groundsman can do a bit of juggling there. But I do think for senior football, particularly, it probably does need another couple of meters in width because. Um, I say the ball runs out of play pretty quickly. And that's it for part one. Uh, coming up next, we'll be hearing from Green Lines boss Tony Vance. Welcome back and welcome to the pod, Tony Vance. Good, after- good morning. <laughs> good to see you, Tony. Uh, great to have you with us uh, for the first time on the Guernsey Press Football Show. Um, we'll come on to Green Lines and, and everything else Guernsey Football uh, in a moment. First, I know you've been watching a fair amount of pre football, obviously, at the moment. A bit of time on your hands. Um, and you were down there at BPL on Saturday watching uh, Saints beat Sylvans, I think up at Rangers as well, to, to see their game with Bells. Um, what, what did you make of what you saw over the weekend and, and what you've seen so far as the uh, pre season sort of gets gets going yeah well, obviously last year I, I watched it as well because uh had a little bit of a, some time off uh, due to covid so i, I enjoyed uh the, the sort of opportunity to just watch in a relaxed manner uh it was good to see some players and, and the pre league i thought it was it was exciting in terms of you know many any team could could win really on their day and uh it, it was good competitive football so um yeah i enjoyed the relaxed opportunity that i had of 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 um, seeing football, so um, but yeah, no, saw two good games again at the weekend. Uh, Rangers Bells game surprised me actually. I, I, I thought uh, it was Rangers <laughs> didn't probably deserve to be four-one uh, losers. They they competed. Uh, great goal by Brad Foss, uh, outstanding strike, and uh, I think uh, the difference probably was probably Charlton as well you know he, he, he sort of turned it on at the right times obviously Bell's uh, I would say whilst Rangers run lucky for all their, their efforts and and uh, endeavours Bell's always had that sort of little bit extra in quality obviously the pitch is a bit of a leveller uh, but um, Charlton seemed to be the difference um, when he wanted to be. And just bring us up to speed on GFC then. Obviously, we heard from from your chairman, Mark Letizier, uh, a couple of weeks ago. He was fairly downbeat, I think it's fair to say, about the prospects of, of getting on the pitch this season. Um, are, are you still holding out some hope? Absolutely. Well, when Whilst there's still uh, a thread, uh, then uh, then we'll hang in there. And, uh, you know, it depends what you hear in, in, in the rumour mill. And obviously, that's what a lot of people have been sort of hanging on to over the last sort of 18 months of, of what, what's going to happen in the borders, what's going to happen with the COVID situation. You're all waiting to find out. And, and uh, you know, uh, we're obviously in that same situation because our season is, is hanging on, hoping that those borders will change. And, and whilst whilst there's still that opportunity, we're optimistic. And, you know, all we can do is try and prepare a team uh, as best we can. I think I've gone on record as saying it's been really, really difficult uh, because we've virtually had three pre-seasons uh, this, this, since May. Where you, and what I mean by that is you know, you've got the lads training, you're trying to 
get to a level where you're ready to to um, for the first game to come in. You're ready at a certain level in terms of intensity, tempo, physicality, mentality, and you're ready to hit that hit that ground running. Uh, obviously, we we don't get an opportunity to play pre-season games, so. Uh, all we can do is rely on our training schedule to, to boost ourselves to get into a position and uh, we've done that three times now uh, because the date keeps changing and it is frustrating and difficult and well, I'm not saying it's sort of Mark's fault but since the podcast <laughs> the last week uh, numbers dropped because obviously people are now sort of a little bit demotivated by by what looked like we weren't going to have a season but there's a thread there and as I said there are rumours that potentially things might change uh, we need those to change very very quickly of course uh, and whilst that's happening then we're going to keep going It was weekend whispers that um, the Eastman League of allowing us to cancel all the October fixtures is that is that right? Yeah they so they're um, they're quite content and, and they think from a logistical point of view that uh, we could go to say November the 1st which um you know, we're hoping then that gives us even. Obviously, it does gives us even more time, but it it, it opens that window up to uh, to really hoping that the border restrictions will will, will move. Uh, so logistically, that sounds fantastic. You know, November the first, and and we can um, we can start playing again twice from, a week. Yeah, from a football point of view, um, and I, I'm not being meaning to be <laughs> negative in any way whatsoever. That will be a massive challenge for us, and and I am. I'm always the optimist, to be fair, and I'll always take a challenge on f full tilt, but we would struggle. Um, I'm just going to throw that out there now uh, to play two games a week. If that's what the league tell us to do, then we'll do it and, and we'll try and achieve it, but uh, we will struggle. Would you think that, that if, if a two-game-a-week two -game -week program it would mean you'd need more players being committed to the GFC? Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's well documented and, and if people haven't worked it out by now, they, they will. Um, being in my shoes, trying to pick a midweek game, a team, squad, um, trying to get a result is is very, very difficult um, in the in the best of times when you've only got three midweek games. Obviously, people are, are amateurs, they're, you know, they're having to give up an awful lot to play uh, and uh, they've, they've got jobs, uh, family situations, as, as well as you throw in injuries and, and illnesses. And of course, I'm sure that when we travel, if we travel, I'm sure the rugby guys are going to get this. Somebody's going to get COVID. Um, what does that What does that throw to the to the group? You know, if you're travelling together next to a player that's got COVID, <laughs> then does that mean you have to isolate? Does that mean you've been you've been hit as well? And uh, so I think adding that in will mean that um our sort of turnover of players and, and the number of players that we will require will be huge um and that's where the problem lies because ultimately uh to, to be competitive at the level that we're at you have to have your strongest group available um consistently and if you're chopping and changing um you've got youngsters in there um and uh, there isn't any experienced heads or there haven't any, isn't any players of, of They've got the mentality and physicality to, to, to cope with a, with a midweek fixture uh, in this league, then, uh, then um, the result is not always going to be very positive and it's going to be tough and challenging. And, and we've had that over the years in abundance. Uh, the last time we competed, uh, if you look at our, our sort of where we were just outside the playoffs before COVID struck, so we were doing okay and uh, we'd sort of turned it around a little bit. Ross Allen coming back made a massive difference, but 
ultimately the squad consistency that we had, we were using the same 15, 16 players within the group consistently and that made a huge difference. Yeah, And of course, going back several years, when you had a lot of midweek fixtures, you were well served by a group of more senior players who were really committed to it, weren't they? Um, do you think that you will still have that sort of number of senior players who will will be there on whether it be a Tuesday night or Wednesday night? Yeah, I think I think obviously the the squad is is um, it, it's a transitional situation and um, we're we're in a new a new group now. Um, so uh, we were very lucky when we look back over the years the squad we had to start with. Um, they 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 served they were fantastic and uh, obviously. It got to a stage where new groups had to come in, new new lads came in, um, but the transition of those old from new uh, was half and half, if you like. So it wasn't just a whole group out, whole new group in who weren't ready. Um, there was a few, and then uh, then when the older heads dropped off, we were then left with a really sort of. I wouldn't say, uh, yeah, probably inexperienced group in terms of, of what was required. That the, um, and I always keep going on about the physicality, the mentality of it. Technically, we we produce good players in Guernsey and, uh, you know, a lot of players could, could play for Guernsey FC technically, but the, the mentality, the physicality of it and and the commitment to, to sort of travel, be on the bench and only get 10 minutes and then travel again next week and only get 10 minutes, travel again next week and not get a game. Uh, the Guernsey, unfortunately, the Guernsey mentality is, oh, well, I won't come again. Uh, and that's not football uh, at the level we're playing at. Um, you know, that, the professionals, they have to you look at Alex Scott this week. <laughs> he's been he's been flying high he's, and uh, he's, he's hit reality. Got taken off on 37 minutes um, from starting and then didn't even make the squad. And uh, so... Um, that's going to be a test for him that's a challenge and that's the sort of things that we have to deal with in a toned down version at, at the levels we're playing at and we need the people that are prepared to take those those hard knocks and, and those situations where they don't get a game as I said they're, you know, they're training all the time and they're not quite getting in the squad uh, and, and the, that's why I, I class the mentality of a Guernsey FC player as a person who's prepared to to roll their sleeves up um, and wait for their opportunity, and when they do, they're, 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 um, they get the rewards. But um, you have to do the hard yards before before that happens. Now, we've had a group that were prepared to do that early on. Uh, now, um, as I said, this this is a, a very different group, and um, we've got some older heads. Absolutely, we've got some new young lads coming in, um, some new people that want to give it a go, and it's fantastic to see that. Absolutely love it the way people will prepare to come to Victoria Avenue and train and, and, and want to be a part of it I hope they're still there if they haven't got a game for three four games and they're still prepared to roll their sleeves up because that's the mentality you need in terms of the long-term future of the club and, and securing that off the back of what's been obviously a yeah a, a massive interruption would it be more beneficial to get back on the pitch in November play those two games a week do all the traveling get absolutely beasted for a season maybe struggle is that preferable to it not happening in terms of actually making sure this thing's around in one, two, three, five years' time? I'm going to be honest. Uh, I think on the pitch, in terms of football, yes. Um, off the pitch, in terms of product, no. Uh, because football is, is, and certainly from a GFC point of view, we need the crowd. We need, we need the people to buy into it. So if we're getting average gates of 500 
uh, then um, that seriously impacts on our on our uh, finances and ability to compete commercially. And presumably, if the team's struggling on the pitch, yeah, yeah. You're so that, see that so that's off. what I'm getting at basically is that we, you know, football's about results, isn't it? And um, people like to support a winning team, and uh, we've seen our crowds uh, fluctuate, and a lot of it is generally around the results and and uh, um, you, you'll get the core group who love to support Guernsey FC through thick and thin and we're indebted to those people and it's those I feel sorry for that are missing out uh, but also if you're winning and um, you know, I kind of call it with the Guernsey FC guys a, a little bit of the Ross Allen factor because when he came back obviously he gave us a boost and suddenly the numbers went up by 200 people um, we were we were winning games rather than drawing or losing, um, and uh, you know again that makes a difference to us commercially and, and in in many ways. Uh, it also makes it a lot easier to play play amongst in front of those supporters, and uh, so <laughs> sort of to summarise that, if we if we were playing and we weren't at the level required because the players. You know, we didn't have the right players. We didn't have the the, the right mentality and physicality. And and you know, if we're having to start on November the first, we're miles off. Uh, Football-wise, those players will learn an awful lot, and they'll be really um, beneficial to them in a couple of years' time. They'll they'll be ready then, um, but they'll have to be thrown in um, into the lion's den, so to speak. Uh, but um, from a product point of view, I think it will be. Um, a little bit negative, and that concerns me. Um, if you had a, much of a chance to sort of weigh up the opposition so far in this league, because they're all new teams, aren't they? Really? Yeah, it's, it's one of the things I really wanted to do was, was use this time to go away and uh, and sort of scout some teams and, and watch, because, like you say, it's a new league. Um, I tend to tend to new uh, know the the teams we were playing um, previously. Obviously, we played them a few times. They tend to have the same styles, although although difference in terms of um, players uh, obviously it's always good to scout the opposition but uh, in this particular instance it was a completely blank sheet of paper so I really wanted to go and watch the teams but I just kept looking at the fixtures thinking right okay so we're, we're going to be starting in August so we're going to be playing um, I can't remember who it was now but um, Binfield I think was our first game of the season possibly um, if I'm, I hope I'm right but uh, so we need to go and watch them and then obviously the, <laughs> that, that, that got <laughs> taken that was off uh, then it was going to be uh, somebody else so right okay I need to look at them and uh, then we're looking at end of, uh, end of September it could be another team so it's just really difficult to sort of work out who you're going to be playing and, and when and if uh, so um, I still want to try and get away but it's just just knowing who to scout, and uh, the other thing about this league is you need to scout those opposition a couple of weeks before you play them, because otherwise the team's going to be completely different. They'll sign a whole new new, <laughs> new group of players and uh, different manager, different approach. So, yeah, no, absolutely want to see. I was lucky enough to see Jersey play Sutton Common Rovers uh, on the BBC uh, Red Button on Saturday. So I watched that with interest, of course, because of Jersey, but also. Because that team, in theory, might be one of the teams that we play first off. So um, that was my first sort of scouting opportunity. That's pretty fortuitous. Yeah. I mean, when you look at obviously what's going on in Jersey, do, do you look at it with a with an envious eye at the moment, or is it with a bit of a you know we've sort of we've been there and done that, and uh, you're kind of echoes of the past for you? Yeah, not envious at all, to be honest, because um, they're on the crest of the wave that we were on. And uh, it's funny, it's just literally like flashbacks. Every time I see them, every time they do something, every time they um, 
you know something happens for them it, it we, we we've we've done that we've had that and uh, enjoyed it and uh, they're enjoying themselves at the moment and they're not in a in a, a relevant league uh, but they'll be enjoying the, the the ride we did and uh, you know you get to a point where you think oh this is this is great this you're winning easily you're winning you know even when you play poorly you still win you you make tactical changes they work and you think, oh, this is fantastic, but actually, it's because the level of football they're playing at is 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 not uh, relevant to them. Uh, they need to be in a higher league, and obviously, you've got to start where where you where you're put. But uh, as I said, we we had that for a couple of years, um, and we enjoyed the, enjoyed the same process. And uh, you know, they got national TV coverage coverage uh, the weekend, which is fantastic for them. It really is sort of um, like looking back because well, we had Sky Sports all sorts um, sort of following us at the time and uh, we had long cup runs and we got to the FA Cup I think we were one off the first round I think we played Dover and uh, two games later they played Crystal Palace so and, and we only lost to Dover 3-2 and they were in the National League at the time so so Jersey are getting a little bit close to that scenario as well um, they'll be loving loving the the, the experience and uh Obviously, they've got the FA Vars as well. Um, we got to the semi-final, and uh, what what I'm getting to here is is the cut runs are fantastic, but it really affected our league campaign, and we were very lucky to get promoted that league because we were just miles off. So I fear for Jersey that if they carry on enjoying the cup games, that it might affect their league, which is their bread and butter, because they want to get into the league as high as they can, which is which is realistic football. What's the goalkeeping situation, Tony? Because you've in the last, last pre-COVID, of course, we've placed huge importance in having, you know, quality goalkeeper. Chris Torrick is long gone now, and then we got Callum Stanton in, and it was really hugely beneficial for the club. I mean, what's his status? I mean, are you looking to get him back, or is that a realistic option? Uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I spoke before about the Ross Allen factor, and, and Callum Stanton factor is, is is one that you throw in there as well because he's worth twenty odd points a season to us. Uh, and um, when Tardy sort of hung up his gloves, he he was a hard act to follow, and we were lucky that to to get Callum from from Bournemouth and uh, on loan, and then even luckier probably that the fact that he bought into the Guernsey FC project so much that he wanted to play for us when he was released from Bournemouth which is amazing and uh, you know, he, he considered himself a Guernsey FC player and uh, was over here quite a lot uh, so um, he, he was very important to us as I said you know the Callum Stanton factor allowed us to have bums on seats because we were competing and again you know I, I throw it in there that if you're winning or you're not losing uh, and you're competing then you're going to get more people prepared to come and watch and and so uh he he was a massive part of our, our club off the field as well as on the field. Uh, so what the problem, Cal, when when um, when COVID's hit, was uh, he got an opportunity in Dubai, as everyone knows, and, and was playing professionally out there. Uh, I don't know where he is at the moment. I believe he's still out there. I'm not sure what's happening with his situation. But he did indicate a few months ago that he was keen to come back to Guernsey. But uh, that was that was in the summer when he wasn't playing in Dubai. I'm not sure what's happening there. Uh, to be honest, I've kind of parked it a little yeah, bit. Well, and you I'm, can't I'm, go chasing too much when you've so much indecision at this end. Isn't well, it? that's that's the point. That's exactly the point. You know, uh, we are where we are, and uh, we've got some lads training with us at the moment, which is fantastic. They 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 want to sort of throw their gloves into the ring, and and 
and be a part of it. And locally, that's good. And, and we've got some youngsters coming through as well, uh, which will be, which will, um, which is always the aspiration for us is to is to make sure that the product is there for people to try and try and aspire to to, to gain uh, gain exposure and get an opportunity to play at a higher level than the local leagues do. But with Callum, obviously, as you said there. We haven't got a product at the moment, unfortunately. We don't know where we are. So, uh, uh, as I said, I haven't really pursued it too much, really. Uh, on a positive note, you know, given the gap, obviously, there's you know, there's expected to be a fair amount of transition in terms of the personnel and certainly some new faces in there. For for fans, when they do get back to Foots Lane and and you know, Guernsey FC do get back on the pitch, um, are there going to be some, some new faces, some exciting players for for people to get behind? Yeah, I think so. Uh, one young lad, Ben Acey, has been training with us uh, quite consistently, to be fair, and, and um, he's always had some promise. And uh, we've been a bit quite harsh on him in terms of trying to uh, develop that sort of mentality, that physicality. And uh, he's responding really well in training and uh, he's looking like he can play at the level. So that's really exciting to see. And I think I think sort of uh, the local supporters, he'll be a, a, certainly one that, People will be excited to uh, to see involved. They always like that when sort of Charlton came along. Alex Scott came along as well. Uh, obviously, Kyle Smith is 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 um, throwing his uh, his hat into the ring again. Um, so it would be nice to see him commit if if he can. Um, and there's some young lads who some other lads who've come along from Rovers and sort of uh, who are trying their hand at the moment. So so I think there will be some new faces absolutely. But um, I keep keep sort of going back to, to that mentality, that physicality. Um, you're going to get beaten up on a Tuesday night. <laughs> and uh, it's something that they're not, they're not used to. Uh, they're really not. And uh, not only are you going to get beaten up, but you know the, that person's going to score the winning goal and rub it in your face. And you've just travelled uh, a long way, a long way to <laughs> deal with that. Yeah. And for the privilege, yeah. And, and that's what you have to try and... Uh, try and sort of be strong enough to deal with. So um, it's all well and good at the moment. Uh, as I said, some of them are showing their faces in training, and, and, but we, we need to try and make sure that uh, they're still with us. <laughs> One thing that struck me, well, it's hit me straight between the eyes of the last couple of years, whilst enjoying the Prio League and the cut and thrust of that and, you know, the uncertainty of who's going to win, etc., is that despite that, Guernsey FC is badly needed at the top end of Guernsey football. I presume, Tony, you are still wholly committed to that idea as well. Oh, absolutely. I think I think uh, even the obviously there was a lot of Guernsey FC haters, if I if I could use that word um, politely, uh, out there. I think they're few and far between now. But if you look at football in Guernsey as a, as a pyramid system, if you like, we've got the Prio League, which is a great product, um, but pre-Guernsey FC that was our product that was our our, um, our top level and uh, it, when, when you've got the players like playing all at different clubs all against each other if that's the ceiling level then uh, they're just going to sort of you know they're not going to be able to develop as well as they could if they were taken out of their comfort zone into into one one situation where it was really uh, really <laughs> really difficult and really challenging and uh, you know you had to be your optimum best every week in terms of peak fitness pace power mentality um and and also technically and uh, but that that test need to happen not just once but 
40 times uh, in, a, in a consistent consistent sort of uh, challenging situation and that's what Guernsey FC provides and uh, and and that's why you know ultimately I think that that is so important for our football uh, we, we haven't had it over the last sort of couple of years but it's been it has been nice to be fair I've enjoyed watching the pre I've enjoyed watching the players sort of go back into a relaxed forum um, there's been a a little bit of a challenge for the clubs and they, they've embraced it and I think they've, they've done really, really well. But um, in terms of making sure we've got aspirations at the optimate level, we've got to have people competing above above that ceiling level of, of, of the Prio League and Guernsey FC provides that. You've only got to look at uh, was Guernsey FC the right thing to do for, for football? Well, Isle of Man are now copied it. Jersey are now copied it. Um, they've been desperate for it. And they've they've now achieved it, and uh, they're going on to, they're on that crest of a wave now. The ironic thing is, is they're competing, and we're not at the moment. Uh, and and we kind of started those projects for them in in terms of the idea and the concept, and 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 the belief that it can be achieved. Uh, so it's vital for our football, absolutely. Yeah, the thought I get is that um, ten years ago it was a massive shock to the system, at local system when GFC got up and running and took all those players and suddenly there was this, you know, negative because, oh, we haven't got these star players anymore. But I think, to be honest now, the situation and the way the game has panned out in the last couple of years, even with GFC, it won't damage the product, the domestic product, anywhere near as much. And I think it would still remain a you know, competitive league. So I've got no fears of it coming back and hurting, hurting the domestic game. No, it won't hurt the domestic game at all. Uh, funny enough, Guernsey FC and, and whether it's going to carry on or not is is sort of uh, will have an impact in terms of some some clubs. You know, Rangers, for example, Bells, Manza, they're all sort of waiting. Um, Sylvans, other clubs as well, are all waiting to see what's going to happen with Guernsey FC, whether it's going to start or not again. Uh, but you're absolutely right; it, it won't impact them in terms of finishing their products, not at all. Um, I applaud the clubs; what they've done, I think, has been f- fantastic. The way they've uh, obviously ten years ago, it was a it was a bit of a uh, <laughs> a bolt out of the blue, if you like, and, and like you say, it, it hurt clubs, and I get that. But that's that's always something that happens with change. It's how you react to change, and uh, it took a while, but um, some clubs embraced it, and a few others sulked about it. A few others weren't happy with it, but now they've, they've, you know, you've got different people involved as well, um, and everyone, from what I can see and, and hear and speak to, they're they're all um, they're they're all sort of not a problem with Guernsey FC, and, and um, you know they're all embracing and wanting to know if Guernsey is going to continue, and generally believe and hope that it does, uh, and they'll and they'll move on. The, the, the minis football and youth football, uh, it's, it's like a conveyor belt for clubs at the moment. You go down to Sylvan's minis, you go down to Valrep minis, Rangers minis, Saints minis. The kids there is in abundance and, and, and that's where a lot of people, are, uh, clubs are really developing their resources. And of course, a lot of those minis, or most of those minis will be thinking, oh, well, I'd like to play for GFC one day. Of course they will. And, and, and what people then need to understand is, <laughs> I think you used the word earlier about the... Uh, GFC took their players well yeah there might be the right words but with Guernsey FC you're only talking about one or two in an age group if at all it's very rare that you're going to go to a club 
and suddenly you know they're going to be decimated by 11 St Martins minis players playing for Guernsey FC it doesn't work like that you know you, you're looking at if you look at Guernsey FC as, as a team now you've got Charlton Govan, Govine who's 20 and you've got Ross Allen who's over 30 you know um, so then you know and they're from different you know different generations so uh, you know you, you'll, you'll get one or two um, from an age group from various clubs that's it um, and as I said, there's, there's a conveyor belt of kids coming through at Minis Football that um, if, if those clubs apply and, and develop their products at Prio level, those players can aspire to be first and foremost, want to get in that Prio team. I remember back in the day when I was playing, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to get in the Silvans Prio team. I was desperate to do that. Then I wanted to get in the Guernsey team. Then I wanted to try and, you know, go go further. Um, it should be exactly the same, you know, a, a budding St Martin's youngster or Varick youngster should want to get in that Prio team. They want to make that product so exciting for them. And it might even be just by having those kids there as, as minis, uh, as, as ball boys or mascots. And then they'll look at it and think, oh, I want to play in that. And then, you know, one of those might well want to reach the stars and play for Guernsey FC as well. And, and what's this period been like for you, Tony? Obviously, uh, having been there from the start and put so much um, blood, sweat and tears into GFC uh, over 10 years, I'm sure you appreciated a, a bit of a break uh, when it came. But now that it's kind of dragging on, is it, is it challenging for you as well to, to keep the motivation and, and to kind of keep the fire burning? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I think, <laughs> and I don't mean this in, in any way because obviously COVID was terrible, but um, and uh, it was a it was a incredible sort of time to to be uh <laughs> to be around but um it sort of I wouldn't it came at a good time for me because <laughs> and I don't mean that in the, in the in in the strangest way sort of thing but you know for me it gave me the break that I I think I needed um I was starting to um get tired starting to find it really really tough uh, because it had been so long you know 10 years uh, it's a long time but in in any in any position but in this where the, the demand is is massive uh and um i needed a break and uh it really helped me and it, and it sort of uh, revitalized me to, to the extent that now I'm, I'm back ready to go again but i think if we hadn't have had covid then um i might well have probably uh sort of looked at it and think i need to have a break from this what what that would have meant, I don't know. But I was going to say, Tony, I mean, is, is there a succession plan at all? It's, it's. I mean, you can't go on forever, and I don't mean that in an unkind way. I mean, you. But you, you want know. me out already? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you, 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 you've given it so much, and you know. But I mean, you can't carry on. Give it. It is a hell of a job, the busiest job in Guernsey sport I mean I can imagine the same as you must be same as Jordan you know Raiders I mean it's a huge commitment for you as well and your family but I mean you can't go on forever in a day um, is there a succession plan? Yeah well I mean see, so look at so Jordan at rugby I mean he's full time in it you know that puts it in perspective I'm not <laughs> um, and we play a lot more games than they do so uh, it is if you put it in that perspective it is probably one of the toughest jobs I guess challenging jobs but I'm not going to say I don't. I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy the challenges. I, I love it, but um, you, you do get tired, and uh, there needs to be a succession plan. What that is, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure if there's, you know, there's obviously from a. If you look at say, we talked about Guernsey FC in the 
in a, a sort of pyramid system in, in terms of from a player's point of view. That has to be for a coach as well as administrator, as well as you know somebody who wants to get involved commercially in sport as well. There has to be that sort of pyramid effect where people would like to sort of you know maybe work at a different level um, to say the club situation, um, and as I said, throw that into the coaching managerial situation. But but it is a tough tough gig. <laughs> um, it's relentless, and uh, you know you you from a you've got to be able to one be able to sort of there's coaches out there that could could e you know easily turn their hand to it um it's the managerial side of things it's the commitment side of things that's the, the key and uh and withstanding all those blows you know what i mean i mean it's, i can imagine seeing it when you go through some of these rough spells when it's a bit like been, been a boxer being hammered on the, pinned on the ropes and just taking all those punches i mean you've got to keep your you've got to keep your head up yeah, because for sure. otherwise if your head goes down and there's signs of a weakness there that it will happen the players sh sh will react won't they yeah and, and that's why foul is really important Steve as well you know we sort of when I'm taking those jabs um, they're there to, to support and, and like you say you know I talk about the mentality and uh, of the players uh, you need to have it in abundance <laughs> in terms of, of being at that you know because there's on a Sunday morning, you really want to avoid Marks and Spencers and Waitrose when you've taken a beating. And uh, I sort of plead with my wife not to let, mate, please don't, <laughs> don't go shopping because <laughs> someone's going to ask why we lost this and why did we play that? And, and you already, you already know the answer. You already question it. And uh, That's yeah. before you've got past the fruit and veg. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I do like a challenge. I know it sounds ridiculous and, and that, that probably, you know, probably is one of the reasons I keep going. But absolutely, there's times where your your, your chin is on the ground, and you know, I mean, you look at a sort of probably Digger, for example, on after Saturday, his chin would be on the ground. They lost five one uh, to Saints and got turned over in the second half. But first half they were competing, and, and that's football, isn't it? That's sport. And but when it happens regularly on a Tuesday night, and you've given up day's work to go over there and, and then you're going to go again and you're getting on the plane the next Saturday and you look around and you think we're going to struggle today you know I'm gonna to have to face face people and say why didn't you do that have you lost again and blah 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 and it's, it's that that's that's absolutely being a manager of Guernsey FC it's not it's not the pretty stuff and has the, has the break given you time to to take stock about that position as it as it is? I mean, you mentioned Jordan at, at Raiders being full time. Will the next Guernsey FC manager, whoever that is, and whenever that happens, should that be a full time role? Do you think is there you know is there is there the money there to make I it think, a full time role? I think for it to, I mean, there's lots of things I'd like to see happen at Guernsey FC, and um, you know, if I was in a position where I could sort of. You know, I think I think we do need to review our structures and review our situation. Um, need to find the money probably somehow because it is a full-time job, um, and that would be certainly my recommendation. Um, but uh, you know, also add in you know, throw away. What we need to do is bridge that gap between for the players so that uh, it is it is um, easier and the transition from playing pre-O football. Guernsey football to be able to play to become a Guernsey FC player, uh, we need to try and bridge that gap, gap somehow, um, but also be respectful of of the local league and and um, the clubs, uh, and make sure that they're they're sustainable and they're able to continue their products. Uh, what that is, I've got a few ideas, uh, but it, and it won't, certainly won't. You know, I don't want people to panic and think, oh, you know, he's going to go off and do other things here that's going to be detrimental to the football. Um, locally because I would never do that and 
you know i always try and make sure that it, it works together so that's one thing i would like to try and achieve is is, is is also add that in as well but again you're talking resource there you're talking somebody's got to do that and uh but there's lots of things that i think we could do which would really benefit the guernsey fc product and, and perhaps guernsey football as well well, we've got you here, Tony. I mean, how do you view Guernsey Sport in its entirety? I mean, do you think, we're talking about money, do you think we care, or the authorities care enough about sport and spend enough on it? I mean, because uh, no. I certainly don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got to be careful here because um, what I always want to try and do is, is comment. Um, I, don't, I don't like sort of... Um, uh, where people make comments and they haven't really got their facts right or, or they haven't got their, you know, they, they don't know the full picture. So, um, you know, comments from their armchair and, and there's plenty of those around. Uh, so I don't like to try and make those but those judgments. But I, I do believe and I'd love to sort of sit down with somebody and 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 um, from, a, from a person who's, who's fighting for sport um, in Guernsey and, and, and what it can what it can sort of uh, deliver in terms of not only sport but the whole product uh, for the island, the, the benefit. Uh, I don't believe, and this is just a belief, uh, as I said, I'm happy to be shot down, and but I, I really would like to talk to people and find out if there's things that we can do because from the outside looking in, uh, I can talk about my own my own sport. Um, I think there's ways and means that we, we, could, we could help uh, the island and, uh, you know, and vice versa. And I don't believe that's happening. Um, but also, if you look at, say, Jersey, for example, they've just had the, the um, Super Triathlon, um, Jersey Reds. Uh, they had the British Lions over there, and I know that caused a bit of a storm. But th they seem to be very uh, proactive and um, very supportive on the island. Uh, and uh, I would love to sit down with somebody in government or whoever it may be and, and just, just find out. Um, if there's ways and means that we can we can improve our product because ultimately our product is our sport our product is our island and uh, I care a lot, an awful lot about it Guernsey FC manager Tony Vance speaking to me and Rob there um, Rob what did you make of uh, what Tony had to say it's great to see that they've the potential for them to return is there and they are a little bit hopeful um, I still can't believe that we are going to our authorities are going to move from A to Z so quickly, which would allow them to do so. But let's hope they do. Um, in the in the bigger scheme of things, as I think we mentioned there in our discussion, um, we need GFC to be there um, more than many people would imagine. I think you know we. I think a lot of people are quite comfortable at the moment and enjoying their pre league football, which is great. It's a good, it's a good setup. You know, it's nice, nice and competitive, but it is not going to improve Guernsey football. Um, and we need that Guernsey FC. We need that, that, that sporting project, which actually aspires young, inspires young players. And, um, just lights the lights the touch paper of Guernsey football, really, and because um, otherwise it'll just be flat, and you know fitness levels will be not what they should be, etc. Yeah, well, we'll wait to see what happens. Imagine if things do change; they're not going to get much notice. So it could be a case of you know one minute it's off, and then you know you've got to play a game next week. Yeah, I think you know if they do get the go ahead, um, those it's be some tough midweek away games for sure. I think, but we don't know how strong this league is. Of course, I managed you know Jersey Bulls managed to um, 
get a draw against one of the um, GFC's potential opponents in the um, FA Cup the other day. Um, and Sutton, Sutton Common Rovers, I believe they were, they were playing. They looked a handy side, but nothing we should be worried about. Well, quiet. And actually, Jersey Bulls are going to go back to Sutton Common Rovers for the uh, FA Cup replay on Tuesday night. Is it yeah. not at Springfield? Yeah, the, they've, been, they've been told it has to be played away. So, I mean, that... What are the FA doing there? I can't understand that at all. <laughs> we'll leave that to them to work out. Um, uh, right, we'll leave it there, Rob. Just a quick word uh, about next week. Just the two games in the Prio on Saturday. North host Rovers, which could be an interesting match. And Velrec take on Alderney. Um, yeah, a couple of sides looking for their first points of the season. Yeah, well, not to predict the, re- the result of either of those games. Um, North and Rovers, I think, you know... I- North, I fancy, could be the team that get closest to Saints this year. Um, I think Rovers are going to struggle for goals, um, particularly as now Finn seems to have gone. Uh, Finn Whitmore, that is. Um, and at the Corbett Field, Velrat against Alderney. Two goal-shy teams and um, two uh, markedly different um, type of teams in terms of tactics. Velrat like to knock the ball around incessantly. Um, um, Alderney a bit more direct and um, a bit more up and at them but um, I think as I said before Alderney aren't a bad team even though they've had on paper a, a bit of an iffy start Well thanks very much Rob we'll be back next week to talk about those two games I'm sure uh, and everything else that's going on in local football um, yeah we'll see you then Cheers Cheers